Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're back in the book of Numbers today. We're looking in Numbers chapter 27. Um, We are going to be looking at a very fascinating um, situation here. Uh, McGee calls this uh, an example that the Bible uh, is for women's rights uh, even before you had the women's rights movement. Um, Because back in these days, this is 1,500 years or so before Christ comes, Women were treated sort of like cattle. They they were bought and sold and traded and and um, <clears throat> in many of these cultures. And uh, God is is uh, is uh, laying down a principle uh, of inheritance, and uh, so that you know these women do have rights. And so um, we see a great example of this here. And then we also begin to see. Joshua being chosen to be the successor for Moses because Moses was not going to get to see the promised land because earlier Moses lost his cool, he lost his temper, and he struck the rock to get the water uh, as as God did not command. Um, God commanded him to talk to the rock to get the water. And McGee says the rock is symbolizing Christ, that from Christ we get our living water, but uh, because of Moses' anger, um, he um, doesn't get to see the promised land. It's really interesting that not one person that God picks to do the job is good enough. Um, you know, you, you know, Moses, Aaron, they they lost their temper. Um, even King David, you know, not good enough compared to Christ. Everybody's, you know, pointing to, to Christ in certain, some kind of uh, um, uh, aspect of Christ. Um, in many regards, Moses is a shepherd um, for the people, but he's not good enough. And so that doesn't mean... Um, they're completely lost because God does forgive, but um, it does show us that there are consequences for our sin. We have forgiveness, but um, 
the consequences are still there. So let's jump right in and go through chapter 27. Then drew near the daughters of Zalophahad, the son of Hepher, the son of Gilead, the son of Maker, the son of Manasseh, from the clans of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. The names of his daughters were Mahala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and um, Z- uh, Zaraza. And they stood before Moses, before Eleazar the, the priest, before the chiefs and all the congregation, at the entrance of the tent of meeting, saying, Our father died in the wilderness. He was not among the company of those who gathered uh, themselves together against the Lord in the company of Korah, but died in his own sin, and he had no sons. Why should the name of our father be taken away from his clan, because he had no son? Give to us a possession among our father's brothers. In other words, they're saying, look, our father had no sons. He died out in the wilderness. He was not, even though we, he was in the wilderness, he was not part of the Korah rebellion. So he was on his own out there. Uh, but we don't have the ability to inherit any of his property. Now that you're taking um, a census, because remember we We've just been taking a census, so they show up and say, we ought to be a part of the census. Uh, Can we have possession? Um, Because otherwise, his name will be forgotten, because it'll just be passed on to his brothers. And Moses brought their case before the Lord. He's saying, well, you know what? You've got a point. I don't know what to do. So verse 6, the Lord said to Moses, the daughters of Zelophehad are right. You shall give them possession of an inheritance among their father's brothers and transfer the inheritance of their father to them. So in other words, he says, look, they've got a case and they should have an inheritance. And even though they're women, they should have this inheritance. And you shall speak to the people of Israel, saying, If a man dies and has no son, then you shall transfer his inheritance to his daughter. And if he has no daughter, then you shall give his inheritance to his brother. And if he has no brothers, you shall give his inheritance to his father's brother. And if his father has no brothers, you shall give his inheritance to the nearest kinsman of his clan, and he shall possess it. And it shall be for the people of Israel a statute and a rule as the Lord commanded Moses. So the Lord has just put in a rule that deals with the transfer of inheritance in cases when there are no sons. And all this stuff about the sons, this was, these were sort of man-made rules Up, up until now, God has just perfected it. God has just laid down the groundwork that women can have uh, possessions of inheritance. So there you go. Um, now, verse 12, the Lord said to Moses, Go up into this mountain of Abram and Abram, and." Uh, See the land that I have given to the people of Israel. So Moses got to climb a mountain. And when you've seen it, you shall all, you also shall be gathered to your people as your brother Aaron was because you rebelled against my word in the wilderness of Zin when the congregation quarreled 
failing to uphold me as holy at the waters before their eyes. These are the waters of Meribah, of Kadesh, in the wilderness of Zin. Okay? So in other words, because Moses was angry when he did it, and he struck the rock twice rather than speaking to the rock, um, God's punishing him for his sin. His heart was rebelling against God at that time. He was angry. And God is showing you, showing us that sin has consequences. Although he's forgiven, he has consequences. And um, McGee makes the point that Moses does get to see the promised land on the mountain of transfiguration when he was standing there before Christ himself, before Christ was getting ready to uh, have to go on the cross. So God has plans. We just don't see those plans. We just don't understand those plans. But those plans for us don't end with time on earth. And we've got to understand that. Sometimes when we ask for things and God gives us a no, it might be just a no here on earth. But God has plans for us that go beyond earth. So Moses spoke to the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, uh, you know, he's, he's God not only of the flesh, but of the spirit. Okay? Appoint a man over the congregation who shall go out before them and come in before them, who shall lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be as a sheep that have no shepherd. In other words, again, we're foreshadowing what Jesus Christ's role for us is to be. So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom the Spirit So we've got now the Lord um, <clears throat> is going to choose Joshua um, and um, to be the shepherd for the people. And again, Moses is not going to be a good enough shepherd, wasn't, and neither will Joshua. They'll make mistakes, but they're all pointing to Christ and a man whom is whom is the Spirit, in whom is the Spirit, okay? So God is the God of spirits. The Spirit of God is in him. Lay your hand on him. Now, McGee makes the point that laying Moses' hand on him doesn't transfer any power. It just is a commission. McGee says the only thing you, you exchange is germs. But make him stand before Eleazar, the, the priest. Now, Eleazar, again, is taking over for Aaron. So Joshua is taking over for Moses. Okay? So you got the chief shepherd now, Moses, and having a, a successor shepherd. And you got Aaron, the chief priest, and his successor, Eleazar. Again, humans can't measure up to Christ. So, 
Make him stand before Eleazar the priest and all the congregation, and you shall commission him in their sight. You shall invest him with some of your authority. McGee makes the point that it's not all of Moses' authority, but some, that all the congregation of the people of Israel may obey. God used to talk to Moses face to face, but not so coming down with um, Joshua. Because he's going to have to go through Eleazar to know what the Word of God is. And he shall stand before Eleazar the priest, who shall inquire for him by the judgment of the Urm. The Urm and the Thuman were, um, my study Bible points out again, were kind of like um, sacred lots to determine God's will. It's not like rolling the dice, but it's sort of like using these sacred lots, which are sort of, I guess, like dice, I guess, but but they're supposed to inquire um, the will of God. But it's just showing you that there's separation between man and God, and God's no longer going to be talking to Moses face to face. So Eleazar is going to be using the judgment of the Urm before God at his word, They shall go out, and at his word they shall come in. This is Eleazar's word. Both he and all the people of Israel with him, the whole congregation. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and made him stand before Eleazar the priest and the whole congregation, and he laid his hands on him and commissioned him as the Lord directed through Moses. So, we've got an interesting... um, chapter on the transfer of wealth and property to women and then we've got Joshua getting ready to be the successor for Moses we're going to stop here we'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia Matali Matali I hope you're doing great look forward to hearing your take your study on this scripture today and as always we'll take a break for the weekend And be right back here on Monday as we continue our study through this great book of Numbers. And as always, from me to all of you, keep your hearts centered on Christ on that spiritual battlefield. God bless you all, and we'll see you here next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Numbers chapter 27, beginning at verse 1 all the way through to Numbers chapter 28, verses 1. To verse 2. So we are in this section that we have labeled the new generation. So we saw last time that when the census was made, there was not a person listed in the census from last census that they had. That was over 40 years ago. So in this particular census that was being done, that whole generation had passed away. So now there's a new generation. So everyone 21 years and over had died in that 40 years. And the new generation is here and they will have their new problems. Just like each and every generation has different problems, so was um, the children of Israel. So that old generation that had... um, that were wandering in the wilderness had their own problems. Now this new generation is going to have their own problems. So in this chapter, we have the woman's position 
under the law. And we are presented with a new problem here that Moses has never experienced before and Moses didn't know what to do. And he had to actually appeal to God because the law of other nations and um, the Mosaic law didn't count women. So scripture reads, verse, chapter 27, verse 1. Then came the daughters of Zelophehad, the son of Herpha, the son of Gilead, the son of Micah, the son of Manasseh, from the families of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. And these were the names of his daughters, Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Terza. So here we have Zelophehad's daughters, and Zelophehad had died. Uh, yeah, his daughters, sorry. Um, and um, scripture goes on to read in verse 2. And they stood before Moses, before El- Eleazar the priest, and before the leaders and all the congregation by the doorway of the tabernacle. Of meeting saying our father died in the wilderness but he was not in the company of those who gathered together against the Lord in company with Korah but he died in his own sin and he had no sons why should the name of our father be removed from among his family because he had no sons give us possession among our father's brothers so Moses brought their case before the Lord. So here, the Lofehad died in the wilderness and he had no sons. And that was a dilemma. That was a problem that he had. And according to the Mosaic law and the law of that day in other nearby nations, a son is the one who actually inherited the property and, and um, the property that his father left. And the woman, the women rather, were just left out. They didn't count. So verse 6 goes on to read, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, The daughters of Zelophehad speak what is right. You shall surely give them a position of inheritance among their father's brothers and cause the inheritance of their father to pass to them. So the Lord's on the side of women's rights here. So these women you know, they were aggressive, they had faith, and they were forward, and, you know, they were fighting for their rights. So we women today should actually be very thankful, because the Word of God here gives, it's the first place where it gives women their rights. Verse 8 goes on to read, And you shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, If a man dies and has no son, then you shall cause his inheritance to pass on to his daughters so on this basis god puts down a principle and law to them to operate and this was given you know 1500 years ago like when female female rights started coming out you know we may think you know what we're fighting for right now the rights that we're getting as women is something new but hey, look at it. This was fifteen hundred years before Christ. These women had faith. No law said that they can actually inherit their father's property, 
but by faith they asked for it by faith god gave it to them so we ought to have faith we are told we have we are blessed with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenlies in christ so god hears and answers us not only on the spiritual but also on the material side as well through us by faith and if it's his will so we are beggars that's all we are here but we have to go by faith to god and we don't know what to actually ask for from him so we can first start by you know claiming our spiritual blessings so god wouldn't want us to come to him sorry god would want us to come to him by faith these ladies were women of faith we should ask for our spiritual inheritance from god by faith okay so dropping down to verse 12 of chapter 27 numbers it reads now the lord said to moses go up into the mountain sorry now let me just read that again now the lord said to moses go up into this mount abarim and see the land which i have given to the children of israel and when you see it you also shall be gathered to your people as aaron your brother was gathered this is a sad part that we get to and moses here um he will not enter the promised land so moses will pass from this earthly scene which is sad. He's been with these people and fought with them in the wilderness march. But God has a reason and purpose for everything. So Moses, he smote the rock twice. And um, when God had actually told him to just speak to it. So Moses got angry and didn't obey God. And by this, you know, not protecting the type of Christ as you know the rock represented Christ who only died once for for our sin he was he was only smitten once and it provided the living water for us but Moses went and because he was angry he smit the rock twice so Moses will see the land but won't enter it and this is where he's been taken to Mount Abraham to see the land so deep disobedience keeps many of us from entering our spiritual possessions so to doubt god and disbelief will always lead to disobedience and this is what happened to moses and that that's what robs many of us today you know from our spiritual blessings because we have disbelief and doubt verse 15 goes on to read then moses spoke to the lord saying let the lord the god of the spirit of all flesh set a man over the congregation may who may go out before them and go in before them who may lead them out and bring them and bring them in the congregation of the lord may not be like sheep which have may not be like sheep which have no shepherd and the lord said to moses take joshua the son of man with you a man in whom is the spirit and lay your hand on him so here joshua was a spirit-filled man and a spirit-filled man is what was needed so joshua was not really like a remarkable character who did something very remarkable and was talked to was talked about in the pages of scripture like you know joshua did this he's 
he's got something that's standing out. So it just show, goes to show that God actually picks ordinary men to do extraordinary things. He can pick you, he can pick me. So we, you know, we kind of just say, you know, I can't be used you know, by God because what do I have to offer? God can pick anyone. He, he could pick a person like Joshua. So Moses is to actually have a successor, and this is Joshua. And here, they talked about laying of hands. Laying of hands will not actually transfer any power. And, you know, it only indicates a successor, you know, somebody who's actually taking over from your position for what you're doing, or um, a partner in the enterprise. So power actually comes through the Spirit of God. So Joshua is the one chosen to take up Moses' place. Now, we get to chapter 28, and chapter 28 here, we have the law of offerings. We have here the abiding uh, preciousness of Christ brought to our attention. So we have the order of the offerings. So scripture reads, verse 1, Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel and say to them, My offering, my food for my offering, made by fire, as a sweet aroma to me, you shall be careful to offer me to offer to me at their appointed time. So here, you know, there is an emphasis on my. So here he says, my food for my offering, my offering and um, offerings made by fire as a sweet aroma to me. So, they were actually two kinds of offerings, and we saw this in when we were studying in the book of Leviticus. So, they were five offerings. Three of them were sweet savor, and two were non-savor offerings. So, the sweet savor offerings speak of the person of Christ. The non-savor offerings speak of the work of Christ in our redemption what we have here is not what Christ has done for us or our thoughts of him. But it's what God thinks of him. That's what we actually have here. Um, so yeah, this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening and God bless you all and have a pleasant weekend. Bye-bye.